Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Gorgeous people. I hope you are all having a wonderful day and I hope it's beautiful and sunny where you are in Vancouver. It's gorgeous and sunny and it just feels like spring is here. And yeah, I got a, I got a little extra, you know, zhuzh in my step. I'm feeling myself, if you know what I mean. So something that I wanted to chat with you about was that I recently hired a nutritionist. She's like a nutritionist coach, um, BB Vitamin. And it has been so amazing to really focus back on my nutrition and my health again in that way. And I am just feeling amazing. I took um, most of the caffeine I was having out and I just have so much energy later in the day. And I've learned so much too about how caffeine spikes your blood sugar and we're really trying to regulate my blood sugar right now. So that's kind of where we're focusing, but I just wanted to put it out there to you. If there's something that you um, have been thinking about working on and still haven't done, now is the time. This is your sign. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it. Okay, that is my pep talk for the day. So episode 23, I am chatting with Vanessa. She's the founder of Mominality and Mominality Market and the Mominality Podcast. So she's an entrepreneur and GTA girl mom, and she has such a great energy about her. And today's episode, we talk about adjusting expectations around how you prioritize things and that idea of being a so-called super mom in quotations. We chat letting go of carrying the load and how that kind of relates back to perfectionism. Starting a business during mat leave, so how she got her kind of creative juices flowing by starting her businesses while she was on maternity leave. How her relationship has changed at home during COVID. We also talk about creating opportunities for moms to socialize and focus on themselves rather than only focusing on their children at GTA Moms, and what it's like to be a girl mom and that mother-daughter dynamic. So I hope you love this one. Um, It was really great getting to know Vanessa, so let's get to it. Here's episode 23 with Vanessa from Mom and Allie. So welcome to the show, Vanessa. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yay, my pleasure. So we are going to jump right in to the mom fashions. Feeling ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is the best part of being a mom? Okay, so I think that the best part for me of being a mom is seeing little carbon copies of yourself run around and kind of like be proud of things that you that you know of yourself being brought through your children like for me like that's like so cool because it like it it affirms everything 
not everything. I'll get to that in a second, but it affirms the things that you like about yourself and your children. And and you can see that you're doing, you're, you're, you're doing things that you think are good and that you're, and, and, and seeing that through your children is something that's like super, super awesome. Um, there are also things that you see in them that aren't the same qualities as you and it can get on your nerves, but I think this is going to tie into another one of your questions. Then I'll get to that in a second. (laughs) No, like the best part is just like having them look up to you and then looking at them and kind of seeing them as your mini role models in a way, because they teach you so much about yourself too. Absolutely. They really are little wise teachers. And I kind of like this idea that they kind of will keep teaching you lessons until you've learned it. So I don't know if you've had that experience yet where yeah, like patience, for example. Oh, huge. I, I'm a thousand times more patient now. Um, and I think that that is a lot in part to my son and teaching me that I do need to have patience. And it's nice because it does trickle, of course, into other parts of your life. It's not just mm-hmm. um, your life as a mom. It goes into all those other parts of yourself as well. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Patience is like definitely probably a, like definitely a huge one for every mom, I think. Cause if you thought you were, if you thought you were a patient person before, there's nothing like having a kid that will <laughs> test your patience. Cause I mean, I'm not a very patient person and having two girls, um, has definitely tested a lot of my patience and I think I've gotten more patient, but I'm still not, not where I want to be. So yeah, relearn, keep continuously working on that is a big one for sure. That's a life, that's a lifelong skill. That's like a lifelong building skill, I think. Absolutely. And what is the hardest lesson you've learned as a mom? I think the hardest thing, and it's something that I'm working on all the time is just accepting them for who they are. And I know that sounds a little weird because some people will be like, well, they're your kids. Why don't you just accept them for who they are? And like, bear with me here. So (laughs) the thing I think a lot of people don't think about when they have kids is that they're going to be their own person. They're going to have things that they're good at that you're not good at. They're going to have things they're not good at that you're probably great at that you thought that they too would also be great at. And um, I don't know, like for me, I'm a very like creative and artsy and very specific about the way I like things to look in terms of like aesthetics And, you know, my other daughter, like my daughter's not, she's just like, I want it done. I don't care what it looks like. I'm done. Here it is, mom. Whereas I have a lot more pride and patience to make things look a certain way. And I just don't understand why she doesn't have, like, she's not like that. And a lot of it is just letting go of your ego and letting that child be who, who they're intended to be and, not not forcing them to be a certain way that you want them to be or thought that they would be. And it's really interesting when you have your second kid um, because you think that they're going to be just like your first kid. And everyone says, oh, they're all, all different. They're all different. And you wonder how, like, how is that even possible? Like they're, they both came from me. They have the same parents. It's like, you just expect, like, you know, they're not going to be the same, but you kind of have that expectation that there's going to be a lot of similarities. But when you have a child that's like two children, they're so black and white. It's so crazy. It's so weird. And we're going through that now where I'm noticing my second personality is so different from my first one. So I don't know. That's, that's definitely the thing for me. That's, um, kind of been like that learning curve, like acceptance and 
learning to just be okay with how your child, who your child is and not trying to force them into a box of something that you thought that they were going to be. Yes, that is such a great lesson. And I think, like we said, it's one you probably are going to have to keep learning or we will as Mm -hmm. parents because there'll be something new that we might have some expectations around that they kind of are going into. Like I was thinking your expectations around me and my partner were talking about like our expectations around them getting married, for example. Mm -hmm. And I said, like, I think we need to go into this. I mean, he's tiny still, but thinking maybe he won't want to get married. And that's like Mm -hmm. totally cool. You know, like not being super attached, I guess, to any ideas and notions that we have for like how we want our kids to be. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's funny because as he gets older, he'll probably even verbalize those thoughts. Like my daughter already has said, I don't want kids, mom too much pain because she saw like me in labor oh wow so she's like too much pain not having kids I'm not having kids Isla can have kids that's my youngest she's like that my sister can have kids I'm not having kids she's basically scarred for life um but yeah even marriage like when she was probably like two or three she's like I'm never getting married I'm gonna live here forever and then she like has her little friends who are boys like he's my boyfriend. I'll come visit if I get married, mom. So it's like they change. So it's just funny how quick that starts happening. And, but yeah, no, for sure. Like letting go of those ideologies of what and expectations that we usually think are going to happen throughout our kids' lives for sure. Yeah. That's a big one. Totally. And easier said than done, like putting it into practice is like, I think a whole new ball game. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Have you experienced I should rephrase this. In what ways do you experience mom guilt and how do you kind of deal with that? Oh my God. That's like, that is like probably the most, like the biggest thing that happens on a day-to-day basis, just like guilt after guilt after guilt. And even as I'm like doing something that I know I'm going to be guilty of, like let's say yelling, for example, (laughs) like getting upset or getting angry or reacting to a situation that necessarily, that wasn't necessarily caused by your child, but you kind of like inadvertently put it on your child. And then, you know, as you're doing it, you're like, I'm a shitty mom. I shouldn't be doing this. Why am I saying this? Why am I acting this way? And then you calm down and you look at them and you're like, oh my God, like I am the worst person for this kid ever. And then you hug them, you hold them and they're like, I love you, mommy. Um, And you're apologizing, you know, letting them know that, you know, I'm sorry, mommy shouldn't have acted that way. Or, you know, like, that's not how we do things. And they're just like, it's okay. Like, what are you talking about? Like, they're just so forgiving and loving. It's super unconditional. And it, it's just, guilt happens like all the time. You're either spending too much time with them and not enough time doing work to make money to help support your family, or you're doing work and not spending enough time with them to connect with them. So it's like a twofold, like you can't really, you can't really win sometimes. Um, but I think one thing that helps is managing expectations. And when they're little and can't really understand that it's hard, but if like when they're five, I guess, like you can help explain it to them a little bit better, but you know, you have to stay true to your commitments and whatever you expectations that you set for yourself and set for them. Um, hold up your end of the bargain, right? Like if you say, I'm going to be on the phone for one hour or on the computer for one hour, cause I had to do X, Y, and Z. And two hours later, go two two hours later, you're still doing the same thing. You know, that's when you can start to feel 
you know, a little bit more guilty because you're not holding up your end of the bargain and staying true to your word, right? So, I mean, that's daily struggle that happens with me because I don't really have a schedule and I kind of just try to fit it in whenever I can. Um, but I need, I, like, sometimes I need to take my own advice and some days work better than others. So I think mom, mom guilt is something we all experience, whether it's work and like working from home or if you're a stay-at-home mom and there's like laundry to do um, and you have to do the laundry, but your kid's crying and trying to pull up on you. Um, actually, I read a really good article the other day and this is kind of going off topic, but mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we do that make us feel guilty are the things that have nothing to do with being a good mom, like laundry. Whether you do your laundry or not, that doesn't make you a good mom. That makes you a sufficient adult. Whether... That's a chore. It's not yeah, a like, parenting act or whatever. But there's, but there's things that like we put on ourselves like, oh, if I don't get this laundry done, then, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to like, if I don't get the laundry done, then it's just going to keep piling and piling and piling. And then I'm going to have hours and hours, hours of work and not be able to hang out with my kid. Whereas if you just thought of it as, you know, I'm just going to hang out with my kid because they need me right now. And when they don't need me, I can do, do that. So that you kind of have to put them first. Um, sometimes like one basket of laundry takes me like three hours to fold just because my daughter will crawl up to me and want me to nurse her and I'll nurse her for like five minutes and then she'll go back to playing and then I fold five shirts and then she like wants me again. It's just, you kind of just have to like be okay with it and let it go. Otherwise you'll be guilty about every little thing. Totally. And I like what you said there about kind of, um, expectations and being flexible. So maybe, mm-hmm it doesn't, cause it's not going to look the same as it did before you had kids. So if you're, you know, running your household a certain way before you have kids, I think that's where a lot of women run into issues because you're used to having your laundry done, you know, as soon as you take it out mm-hmm. and then you're thinking, okay, am I failing now? Because it takes me like, it doesn't even take me three hours. It takes me like three days to like probably <laughs> yeah. fold one load. Um, so I think it's like reframing that, that that doesn't mean, like you said, Mm. does not mean you're a bad parent at all. It's just, you're prioritizing other things and the, like the chores get done at some point. Yeah. Eventually (laughs) once there's dust bunnies rolling across the hall, you're like, Oh shit, maybe I should vacuum. (laughs) I know. I know. One of the best things I did was hire a cleaner. Yeah. But Um, they can't come now. Right. Like with COVID now now it's all gone back. And I'm like, I'm (laughs) it. I was thinking about those people out there who have cleaners. I I mean, I don't, but I was like, wow, they're probably really missing their cleaning ladies right now. I totally am. But (laughs) I think because you can't go anywhere and you can probably relate to this. It's not that I'm less busy, so to speak, but Mm -hmm. I'm not spending time like rushing off to an activity or whatever. So I feel like because I'm here all the time, I do, like you kind of said, I'll find that pocket of time to like clean a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm finding it a little easier because I'm not always like rushing around. Yeah. Yeah. Like waiting to go do the next thing because there is no next thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But shout out to my cleaners. I totally do miss them. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyways, one of the best things that I have spent money on in parenthood so far, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely need to get on that, that bandwagon and <laughs> jump on it. Jump on it. Yes. But part of that for me is like letting go of that idea that like for me, like this is my ego, right? Like I, I need to clean my house, but like my fiance is always like, no, you don't like, we can get someone to do that. Like you're a crazy person. Cause you're angry because you're trying so hard to make everything look a certain way and be a certain way that you end up getting upset about 
like uh, upset at everyone else because you feel like you have to have everything done and I don't have to carry that load, right? Like, no, just pay someone else to do that. I I need to do that. You got to unload that one, girl. Yeah, yeah. That one's with your fiance on that one. I'm going to, I'm going to add that to my unload bucket. This is pretty big, but you know what? It is kind of related to what you talked about there. I call myself like a recovering perfectionist. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's good. I like that. I need to get there. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just at that perfectionist, not recovering yet. Yeah. (laughs) But when you stop and think about it, like think about what you could do with those like how many hours a week do you spend cleaning ballpark okay but like not a lot that's the problem like I feel like I don't have enough time to do it and that when I do do it I spend like a whole day and I'm just like a raging psycho like the whole day like don't touch that don't go there because I've like waited so long to do it like I keep things tidy but like in terms of like clean clean like like let's scrub the walls like not the walls but like you know what I mean like let's clean all the countertop clean all the cabinets and all that jazz like wipe everything down and clean the shutters and all that like when I do do it it takes like all day and I'm just like a hot mess of rage the whole entire day so yeah let me let me reframe it what if instead of it gives you like extra time back what if it's like now you have that extra space in your brain that you're not worry about it yes you're not sitting there I would be I would be a lot nicer I think yeah I would be a lot more calm because I know that it's going to be taken care of. And, you know, even, you know, even when you see like dust accumulate on like a windowsill or something like that, like even if you don't clean it right away, it's something that's like, okay, you parked it in your brain and you're like, shit, I got to clean this. And Mm -hmm. I don't have time to clean it or I don't want to clean it right now. And even though you don't do it or you don't get to it or you, you start doing it, you're just immediately like enraged by the fact that it, it's being, it's, it's getting taken care of or that it has to get taken care of and that you don't have the time or energy to do it. Totally. So yeah, I, know. I need to unload that. Yeah. So I just finished reading this book. Um, it is not a new book at all, but it's called um, Getting Things Done. Mm-hmm. And that is one of like the main premises to the whole book and framework is that, Cleaning? well, no, but it, it ties <laughs> in, don't worry. But because- our brains can only hold so much. And so if you're holding all those little to-dos in your brain, and some of them are big to-dos, some of them are projects, but if you're holding all of that up here, then it makes you distracted in all the other things you're doing. So the whole premise is like, get yeah. all of that shit out of your brain and onto a system that works and you're, you trust the system so that you don't waste your time like worrying about like, oh shit, I was supposed to call the dentist or, oh, like I need to clean the window cells, like all those yeah. things, because it kind of clouds your focus. I think. Yeah. For what you want to focus on, for what you, you like to do and focus on yourself. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like think about like w- the workplace, right? Like you hire someone to do the admin work, you hire someone to do, um, I don't know, come in and fix the toilets or the electricity. Like you're not doing that yourself. Like like workplace, like there's workplaces have different roles and responsibilities for reasons because not one person can do it all, right? So yes, like household and family life needs to work the exact same. That's for sure. But I really do think that ties into like that mom, super mom thing, right? That we all try mm-hmm. to 
try to be like, I want to be able to make all the phone calls and make all the doctor's appointments and make all the games and make all the food and make everything clean. And everything. it's just like, it's really just not possible without being a complete psycho. <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, when you're trying to do all those things and do them perfectly or in a certain way that you want them done, then you don't have the time or even the mental capacity to do the things you actually give a shit about. Yeah. So it is nice to offload some things wherever you can, really. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to look into that once all this COVID (laughs) stuff is over and done with. Okay, Once people are allowed back into the house, yeah, you follow up. I'll hold you accountable on that. Okay, thank you. (laughs) I would love for you to tell us a bit about Mominality and how it all started and what it's all about. Cool. Okay. So it's like a a little bit of a loaded question. So I'm currently on my mat leave with my second born. I took the 18 month maternity leave. So I have until like October to go back. Um, I, uh, so with my first, okay, so I'm going to just like travel back into time here for a second. So with my firstborn, I went on mat leave for one year because the 18 months obviously wasn't an option back then. Um, and I started, realized that I had some time because they sleep a lot. And even when they're not sleeping, they play pretty independently when no one bothers them. Mm -hmm. Um, Siblings added to the mix kind of makes that a little bit harder. But anyway, um, so I was like, you know, I need to start something. And a lot of the girl clothes out there, I hate. A lot of them were like pink and like sparkly and glittery with like weird, stupid sayings on them. I just, I couldn't stand them. It looked like a fairy had blown up on every single article of clothing. Anyway, so I went a, went ahead and started like sourcing wholesale clothing um, that was like black and white or just like monochromatic colors that I I would wear as an adult, but just for kids, just like Zara 2.0, but not with the price tag. Um, <laughs> so I started selling that at like markets in the community. And I loved setting up my display, like making everything look really, really pretty. I loved folding clothes. I really like folding clothes because I'm obsessed with making everything <laughs> like really Marie Kondo. Um, I don't know if you can hear my baby in the background. She's crying, but I promise you she's taken care of. <laughs> no, I can't at all. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> okay, the baby's anyway. fine, people. Ba- don't worry. Baby's fine. Her dad is with her. She's just teething. Oh. Um, so... So yeah, I, I liked setting everything up, but when it came to actually selling to people and being like, yeah, like this looks great with this, like you should buy this. I hated that. I hated like feeling like I was forcing people to buy things that like, I know they truly did not a hundred percent need, even though they wanted it. I was just like, Oh, I don't want to sell this to you. Like I'm not a selly person. Um, so I went back to work after mat leave and I was still doing the business. And then I got a new job at the job that I'm currently on mat leave from now, which is Amazon, which requires like your full attention. Like there's no way you can like, there's no way you could just like in between meetings work on your side business. Whereas at other jobs, it was like, Oh, I could send a couple messages and then get back to my, my real job. Um, it's just not going to happen. So I let it go. I let the small business go and fizzle out. Um, stopped selling clothes. And then I got pregnant and went on mat leave and I got the itch again to do something. <laughs> and this time it was podcasts. So I started my own podcast called the Mominality Podcast, um, which stemmed from my blog. So I had a blog that was going in on behind the scenes called Mominality, which is essentially the word um, mom and commonality put together. So commonalities of motherhood. 
Um, so I kind of took that platform to a new platform, which was the podcast and just started interviewing people that I was meeting on social media. Um, and then quickly realized that, you know, it's fun and dandy, but I don't like editing these podcasts and editing them costs money. So how can I make money to pay for these podcasts while also doing something that I really enjoy? And I said, you know what? I love event planning and I love putting things together and I have a PR communications background and event planning background. So I'm going to start my own market and make revenue from that to help pay for the podcast, but also to help out like mom bosses like me who have their own side business and help the community have something free to do on, on a Saturday or Sunday once a month. So that's where that market, the mom and Ali market um, that I host monthly not right now, um, mm-hmm. kind of takes, takes place. So I have, you know, the blog, the podcast, the market, um, we're in, we're like, by the time this gets released, I will have probably already made an announcement about what we're doing next, which I'm still kind of like TBDing right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like we got to pivot. That's the, at, at the end of the day, we have to pivot with, with, with everything that's going on. Um, So yeah, like the podcast is really an opportunity for me to like exercise my verbal skills with adults and not babies all day. The market is an opportunity for me to meet people in person and other moms who, you know, want to shop, other vendors who are moms and working their side hustle or their full-time gig and just need exposure. And then I also do um, Moms Mississauga, which which is a city in the GTA where um, it's actually powered by Moms Toronto. I'm not sure if you know Moms Toronto. Yes. Okay, so it's so I run the Mississauga chapter. Um, it's really new, and before COVID nineteen was announced, is when we we kind of all got our own chapters. I mean, there's there, there's seven others, um, and we were really excited to like host like in person events, and then COVID nineteen happened, so like that's on a pause. So we're kind of trying to pivot that as well, building our community in the meantime for when we can all get back together. But Moms Mississauga is essentially just you know reinventing the millennial mom experience, right? Like so many of us feel like, oh, we have to be home or, you know, go to like, go to like these little programs where we sit and sing with our kids. And it's all about our kids, our kids, our kids. And it's not about the the woman who had the baby anymore. Like Mm -hmm. you're still in there. You still enjoy wine. You still enjoy like hanging out with a bunch of friends, whether it's during the day at lunch or going out for a coffee or night events without your kids, we basically want to create those experiences and opportunities for moms to feel like they, they, they are still someone beyond just being a mom, even though that's a huge part of who they are. Um, so yeah, like that, that's, that's, that's all I'm working on, but it's not much, not much, just a little. (laughs) Oh, wait, we forgot to touch on how you're a teacher now too. I'm a teacher. Yeah. Aren't you? Because of COVID-19, are you now teaching as well? Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm not a teacher. Yeah. So I have a whiteboard downstairs. This is the (laughs) truth. Um, Yeah, no, we, I definitely teach my daughter now. And like, I should say try more than teach because it's freaking hard. Like it's not an easy task at all. Um, Your kids don't listen, don't listen to you all the time. So imagine trying to teach them (laughs) something. They have no problem interrupting you, okay? Like they, uh, they have they have problems interrupting their own teacher, but they have no problem interrupting and correcting you when they think that <laughs> they're right. So it's really hard to kind of just like tell them like, hmm, do you, 
it's time to listen. It's not time to speak. Like, <laughs> and then it's funny when I, I ask like, well, what does your teacher do when you want to speak? And she's like, raise my hand and put my hand on my lip up, my fingers on my mouth to say I'm quiet and I'm raising my hand. And when they're doing that, and when she's doing that, I'm like, yes, Aria, you can, <laughs> you can speak. And then like five minutes later, you. it's like you, yes, you little one right there in the front. Um, anyone else? No, not you again. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a little bit of a challenge because, you know, they're, it's uncomfortable for them too, right? Like you're becoming their teacher and then five minutes later you're serving them lunch and they're asking for help with opening, I don't know, a yogurt or they're like, you know what I mean? Like they're in, they're at home. Like they're not used to it unless you've started out that way or you've been doing it for a long time. It's like a difficult transition, especially when you have like other kids who are not in school who need you for different things. So yeah, you can add teacher to that list. Of yeah, <laughs> I'm going to slide that in. <laughs> yeah, thank slide you. Slide that in. <laughs> Put it on my mom resume. Yeah, exactly. So how are you as a family kind of adapting? Like, how are you guys doing with the whole COVID situation? How are you kind of adapting? What's going on? So being on mat leave, it's a little bit easier because I'm used to self-isolating unless it's like those times where I want to go out and have a coffee with someone, which I did pretty often, or go to the mall and just walk around. Um, my fiance is actually a real estate agent. So he has a home office where we live. So I'm really used to him being around a lot unless it's like in the evenings where he's doing showings or like meeting up with clients and stuff like that. Um, I thought that this was going to drive me absolutely crazy. And I think it did for the first like week or two, knowing that like, I can't leave was hard because, well, not that I can't leave, but like I I can walk over a walk and everything, but knowing that I couldn't just like pick up the kids and spend a few hours away from, from my fiance or from, um, my, my kids, like knowing that I could just pick up and go and go somewhere to having now nowhere to go is, was a little bit of an adjustment, but I think I'm, I think I'm just used to it now. It's kind of weird to even admit. Um, and we actually get along a lot better, which is crazy. Cause I think we were forced to just like focus on the fact that like, this is for real, like this is going to happen. There's no point in arguing about stupid little things. Like some, like most, well, most couples do like, just let's just like brush things off because it's going to be a long freaking ride if we're picking at each other oh, over man. every little thing. Yes. Um, and it's actually been nice because um, like, well, I don't want to say nice. Like he's not, it, it's not, it, it is impacting like the real estate business obviously but they're still they could still work um but there is a lot more time now for him to help me so that I can do a podcast when I need to do a podcast or I can shower during the day even though he would have been home anyway he was very busy so it's like I'm gonna go shower you do this or I'm gonna heat up my lunch can you watch them eat like I don't know it's just like it's I have have more freedom I feel like actually now than I maybe even did before um even though more tasks like teaching have been added to my list of things I need to get done during the day I feel like I have a little bit more help now yeah the support is nice isn't it like from your partner yeah nanny um typically so we're lucky that way that's awesome it is it's awesome um but when all this went down and I, this all went down and I had just gone to LA 
sorry, my obnoxious doorbell is going off and I need to wait for it to stop. You don't need to edit this out. This just adds to the real lifeness. It's probably Amazon just dropping off a package. I don't, okay. I don't know about you, but okay. So I actually work for Amazon. That's where I'm on Matt Lee from. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and I, I don't know why they ring the doorbell because I've never heard of any of them ringing the doorbell. I think it's the, um, the third party shutter. Like you, like there's people who can like del- like sign up to deliver Amazon packages. And I think our guy for our area just really likes ringing doorbells. <laughs> um, so he always rings the doorbell, like leaves the package and like, like drops the package and leaves. And I'm like, you did not need to ring the doorbell. But I guess it's nice because no one will come and steal our package. Yeah. No, that's yes. true. And you know what's interesting? That lately, there has been someone, we don't have a doorbell, but there has been someone who like knocks on the door when they leave the package. Mm-hmm. And I remember a couple of times I'm like, who the fuck is that? Like, my kid's sleeping. <laughs> Shut up. Mm. <laughs> like, it's so funny. I know. I don't know. I don't know. They probably just don't want to get in trouble. Maybe they're liable for if that package goes. I, I have no idea. I it could be. Speculate. Probably it could definitely be could be. <laughs> okay, but you were saying something about... The support oh. and the nanny. Oh yeah. Okay. So I was saying it's nice to have support. I found specifically from your partner. It's like a different, a whole different vibe to it, and it just made me feel almost like more seen. Might be a little dramatic, but you know, like I think there's a better understanding of what actually happens, like all day yeah. long, and where you know you do need help all day long and I think yeah it's actually quite nice yeah for sure they have more visibility to like how much work actually goes into it it's a like, lot even though it's work. like even though it's just like you could just be sitting in front of them and they could be playing but like the minute you leave the room like all hell breaks loose and they're having like a total meltdown it's just they just want you there mm-hmm. and you're just basically stuck there because they don't want you to leave which is like exhausting right totally so speaking about I know you said you have two girls Mm -hmm. now before you became a mom did you always want to be like a girl mom did you picture Mm. yourself having girls did you think about that I don't know if I it's so weird to even think of like the thoughts I had before before I had kids like (laughs) I feel like those were like two different people it's isn't it so crazy (laughs) It's really weird to think like, oh yeah, I had a life before all, like a different life, not a life, a different life before all of this. Mm -hmm. I thought that when I had kids that I was definitely going to have a boy. And part of me may have been thinking that or wanting that because I wanted to protect myself. And the reason I say that is because, I don't know, relationships with girls and their moms, like, let's be real. They're never like perfect and easy right? Like there's a lot of, you know, I don't even know the right word to describe it, but it's just a difficult relationship. And I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, but there's just so much, you know, like there's, there's fighting, there's arguments, there's like misunderstandings and all that. So I don't know if I actually ever thought about it that much other, other than like that aspect, but I definitely thought I would have had a boy for sure. So funny, but you did not have a boy. (laughs) No, I did not. I'm actually dying of laughter in my head right now because my fiance just got the Amazon package and this goes back to like girls. So it'll tie in. <laughs> and so I have a lot of hair. Okay. Like a lot. And it sheds like crazy. Same and girl. If my daughters are anything like me, like 
we're going to just have to hire like a plumber to come to our house as, as just as often as this future cleaning person, because he got, he got this drain, this plug, this like cord thing to unplug our shower. Oh. And he has to do it like once a month because my hair it's a is snake. I think. Yeah. No, we had the snake. Oh, this, this is, is something. This is something new. I just saw it. That's why I'm laughing. But anyway, <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't really think too much about it. I thought I would have boys. I think part of the reason why I thought that is because maybe I wanted that to avoid those like difficult mother-daughter experiences um, that are also accompanied with like great experiences. But I think that's why I thought that I would have boys first. But when I found out I was having a girl first, I was like in, I was in tears, like I was having, I was in tears because I couldn't believe it. Cause I guess for so long I had been program thinking you know having a boy would be like the thing that was just gonna happen and yeah the second one the second one I obviously I didn't care if it was a boy or a girl but part of me wanted a girl for my eldest to have like a sister I mean I have a sister we're 18 months apart we did not get along growing up I mean we had like moments where it was like you know, how does my hair look? Oh, I don't really like it like that. Oh, well, screw you. I don't care what you think anyway, right? Like moments like that, like like just having someone to check in on. But now we're just like so much more respectful, respectful of one another and like like value each other's like time and thoughts. Um, whereas before we were just like very on each other's back, very competitive, right? And I think the gap between my girls is good because like there's not a lot of that competition right like they're going to be in such different stages of their lives at every point of their lives Mm -hmm. um so I think they can lean on each other for different things and support one another in different ways based on what they're going through so yeah it'll be interesting to see how they grow up but what about you did you think you would always have a boy first or did you picture yourself as that a mom with a boy okay so Similar to you and your thinking, I really was like passionate about having a boy because I was thinking of my relationship with my mom in my teenage years. Mm -hmm. Now it's amazing. We're like very close, great relationship. But in the teenage years, it was really hard and it was like awful, Um, which I don't think is unique. I think a lot of like, not Mm -hmm. everyone, but a lot of, I think women will say that like that. It was just difficult. And I just thought of myself as a teenager, um, like I was very rebellious and I like to push all like of the boundaries I could. And my parents, I think I'm the youngest. Mm, That's why. (laughs) I'm the youngest of four too. And my oldest three were like, especially the oldest two are like very responsible, like very, very straight and narrow kind of people in general. So um, they didn't really push many boundaries at all. Even in teenage years, they didn't. So I think my parents were like, who the fuck is this kid? And they, <laughs> their response was like, pull in tight, like, you know, be really strict. Yeah. And I think for my personality type, because I am like just quite open and like a bit of a free spirit and I like things done the way I want to do them and don't tell me no because I'll do it you know yeah Um, so I think it was interesting speaking back to your point about how your kids are so different Mm -hmm. like we were so different especially in those years and I think my parents just didn't even know what to really do or how to approach it yeah like oh gosh the skin's very different from other ones what do we do with this one totally so I think I thought of those experiences and was thinking oh well a boy will be way easier (laughs) 
like easier. What it, and I know that's not true. It's no, just, it probably, I think, I think it kind of a little bit is. Every time I see a mom with a boy, I'm like, oh, so, that boy's so loving. He's so calm and he's so patient. But then they get older and they get rambunctious. So I don't know. Totally. I don't know. What's your sign, by the way? Okay, so my... Um, I always ask this. I love that you ask this. Okay, so my sun sign is Cancer. And then my rising and moon sign are both Libra. Okay, so you know a lot more about this than me, obviously. <laughs> so it's like your sun sign, like your actual sign sign? Like yes. Cancer. I don't know too much about Cancer. Well, it's weird because for Cancer, I often don't um, feel super connected to like what it's talking mm-hmm. about. And so when someone opened my mind up to the like moon signs and the rising... Mm-hmm. I'm going to screw this up, but one of them is like how other people kind of see you. Okay. I can't remember which one. And I'm like, that makes sense. And more like how you act in the world. And I was like, that kind of makes sense. Whereas, yeah, I I just don't usually connect with cancers. They're typically like super moody or this is the the stuff like that. Like, that's not me. That is not me. I'm like, (laughs) I have like a penchant for drama, I would say. Like I like, I'm a little bit dramatic, but Mm -hmm. I'm not really that moody, I wouldn't say. And they, you know, the sign is like the crab. So mm-hmm. a lot of with cancers, you talk about how they like to hide in their little shells. And I'm like, I'm not really a hider. I'm like yes. pretty out there. So yeah, it's interesting. What's yours? So I'm an Aries. Okay. I don't know my rising or I don't know. Can I figure that out? You a have ri- to put in. Okay. So for your like vibe, a quiz. No, you need your like time of birth, your place oh. of birth all that shit it's a lot of work but it's fun to just you should try it though one day when you feel like it and just see because it kind of I was like oh that makes more sense (laughs) Mm, I think I'm like an Aries to the core like hey tell me the core Aries things I don't even know so it's a fire sign yeah pretty fiery I mean (laughs) I really I really dial it down when I'm talking to new people Um, so hence, hence my calmness right now. I'm also super tired because my kid doesn't sleep at night, but so I'm a fire sign and the sign, like the actual like animal is a ram. Right. You see where I'm going with this? It's just like, (laughs) it's my way or the highway and this is how it gets done. And no, it's not done like that. And let me do it because you don't know how to do it anyway. Um, and then they're very like, they're, they're creative. They're very, um, they're very sensitive though. They like will all like I'll ask you like, hey, like what do you think about this? When really all I want you to say is like that looks great. Like I don't actually I actually don't want your you to tell me it looks like crap. Like I actually am asking you because I know because I because I would I just want you to do this to me. I want you to tap me on the back. Um so yeah we look for a lot of like reassurance that what we're doing is good when we're already kind of like sure that we're on the right path. Yeah. So yeah, like for example, like I sent one of my like partners for something that I'm working on, um, like a, a logo concept. And I was like, this is the logo. And then I would just be like, Hey, like, what do you think about this? And in my head, I'm like, this is the logo. Like, I don't really, I'm not changing it. Like, this is just it. <laughs> like, like, I, like, it. I li- like, I like it. I'm just telling you, I'm just asking slash telling you that this is it. This <laughs> is what we're going you, with. Like, this is what we're going with. Like, yeah. do you like it? Cause this is what we're going with. Cause you do. <laughs> You because like I, I like it, <laughs> which is like horrible, but at the same time, it's good because I, I, I don't know. It's easy, like not to get like walked. It, it's easier when you're when, like for me to have control of things and 
know that no one else can like change my mind about something because I'm I've already like I've already set in stone that I like something and I've committed to it so yeah. I don't know we're pretty like stubborn that way I mean like my sign is a ram and it's a fire sign so like what do you want from me <laughs> so that's that <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much it <laughs> that's awesome another thing I was just curious about this is kind of random but um how did you choose your names because I love the name Aria mm-hmm Okay, so a lot of people think it's from Game of Thrones, and I don't like Game of Thrones, and, like, this is where, like, all your listeners are just like, okay, let's turn this girl off. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, like, I don't. Like, I tried watching it three times, and one, I can't watch shows where people have too many different accents because it's, like, so calming that I fall asleep, Um, (laughs) so that's why, like, I can't get through it, and then there's just too much going on, too many, like, there's way too much going on in that movie where um, I can't a show I can't get into it and basically one of the main characters in that show's name is Arya so I did not get it from the show I actually got it from my guilty pleasure show from like high school and university days Pretty Little Liars so that's where I got it from Um, and then Isla I think Isla came to us through um, that actor I don't know her last name, the redheaded. Isla Fisher. I, yes, Isla Fisher. I love her. Because I was like, I love her name. I love her name. But like, I didn't, we, we like a name. So we wanted to spell it with an A. Mm-hmm. Um, so Isla can be like, some people can either pronounce it as Ayla or Isla. Um, and we kind of went back and forth with the two, but I just like the way Isla sounded better. Um, so that I think we got from her. And then also we heard the name again on one of my daughter's shows called Shimmer and Shine. And it kind of just... <laughs> confirm that I really like the name so we just went with that that's awesome well I love them beautiful names I found picking a name is like it's not to be taken lightly and I found it actually harder than I expected because my partner had a lot of opinions when Mm -hmm. for some reason I just thought he would default to me (laughs) I thought he would just be like yeah you can pick but yeah, no, they, he had they, opinions. They tend to have a lot of opinions that you didn't think they would have opinions about as oh. thing as time goes on. I know it just kind of surprised me, which is great. I'm glad that like, I would always prefer an involved partner, yes, but I was yes. kind of surprised. I was like, Oh, you care about this? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Plus you add to it. Um, my partner's Brazilian. Mm. So we had to pick a name that you can say in Portuguese easily. Oh, well, we're, I'm actually Portuguese. Yeah. Well, like I wasn't born there, obviously I'm like Canadian, but my dad is from like, my dad's not a Canadian citizen. He's came here when he was seven. Our whole family's Portuguese. Like my fiance is Portuguese. Like we're not Brazilian Portuguese. Like if you tell your husband, if you like partner, husband, whatever, if you tell him today, like, Oh, I was speaking to a Portuguese girl. And he, and he says like, Oh, where's she from? You say like her family's from Portugal. It's like a totally different. Oh yeah. It's not the same. (laughs) Yeah. Actually the Portuguese is so different like the language itself that he says like when he traveled to Portugal last time that he had trouble understanding yeah yeah totally I was like what do you mean and I'm learning Portuguese uh, very slowly but I am learning because I'm using Duolingo that's like what I'm using for right now because there's no classes but I actually Mm -hmm. prefer going in person I've also had a tutor but I really prefer the like group class setting that's really I, it's cool. motivating for me. Yeah. Um, and just fun. And I think that if you can make learning fun, I think you definitely will excel absorb. a lot better. At yeah, it. yeah. Absorb more. 
So what made you want to like learn it? Like, just cause like it's from, it's, it's his like, like background, like, like that's why. Yeah. Oh, like so cool. That's pretty much it. And, um, if I'm being frank, um, I couldn't have them speaking about me and me not. Understand. <laughs> you imagine I'd be like, what the fuck are you guys saying? Did you talk about yeah. me? So yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, at like a deeper level, it's me yeah. trying to like understand the culture more. Yeah. And I mean, his, um, Mario, his parents, one of them speaks English, but the, mm-hmm. his mom doesn't really speak English at all. Mm-hmm. So I would like to be able to connect with her more and other family uh, members that just don't, they live in Brazil and don't speak English. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's mostly that, like the connecting with the culture. And that's awesome that you're doing that. I'm sure she probably appreciates it, appreciates it too, especially if, if and when, or if you already have had conversations with her, um, or I don't know, like maybe, maybe like, have you like been able to have a full on conversation with her yet? Or is that Not something yet. like you're working towards working? Towards. I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> um, so it's something I'm working towards. I would say it's cool though. I'm at the point now where when I listen to Portuguese, I can understand, I would say in the range of like 75 percent of what's being said I'm quite good with my listening now Mm -hmm. so now it's bridging the gap between I know a shitload of vocabulary it's kind of learning more of the verb tenses and then being able to Mm -hmm. put a lot more sentences together because right now I mostly know a lot of vocabulary and some present tense verbs so that's not really great for conversations (laughs) yeah you know it's funny because like I I say I'm Portuguese but like I'm probably the exact same as you like I can sit and listen to a bunch of Portuguese people talk and know what's going on and I can engage but I'll sound like a three-year-old when I speak to you because I'm using instead of saying oh I ate something already don't worry it'll be like don't worry I eat already like yes you know what I mean like it's it's (laughs) like a child is talking to you but like you know what the message still gets there and that's what I'm learning too is nobody cares if your accent's not great or whatever or you don't have all the words to complete the full sentence it's like if you can understand then that's what you want yeah yeah that's the goal (laughs) understand me totally so before we wrap up for our last couple questions I want to thank you so much for chatting with me and just being really open and honest uh with your experiences I think people are really going to relate to that so thank you no, you're welcome. This was great. This is so much fun. You took my podcast virginity. Oh, ooh. podcast, podcast, guest virginity. Guest virginity. I love it. <laughs> and where is the best place for everyone to connect with you? Uh, any one of <laughs> my social media handles. I mean, me personally, I'm at Mominality. So if you know how to spell commonality, drop the first M, replace it with a C. Or sorry, drop the first C, replace it with an M and spell Mominality. That's me. Um, if you're interested in like community-based opportunities and events, you can follow me on Moms Mississauga. If you want to know more about my market, you can follow me at the Mominality Market and that's spelled M-R-K-T because for some reason I thought I should just get rid of vowels. Um, <laughs> and then if you are interested in listening to another podcast, um, in addition to Cool Mom 101, uh, I have the Mominality podcast as well. And we have new episodes every Tuesday. Love it. And I will link all these up. So don't worry about memorizing everything, people. I got you. 
So last two questions. What has been your thinking over the last kind of week or so? What has been your biggest mom fail? And then we'll end with the biggest mom win because we'll end on a high. Oh gosh. I'm like the most pessimistic person. So wins are hard for me. Uh, My biggest mom fail. This is good. Which one should I pick? Uh, uh, My biggest mom fail. I'm going to just go back to like being like, like, I don't have a specific time, but like the patience aspect of things is like, Mm -hmm. I think the biggest, because in a time where I have more time to connect and opportunities to connect with the people I need to be connecting with I find myself kind of losing it and it's a lot to do with the situation that we're all in right like it's a stressful time and even though I'm not talking about it or using it as an excuse it is something that's been parked in my brain that is affecting everything else I do so yeah like when I could you know instead of like creating my next nine posts on social media, I could be teaching my kid nine new words and not getting frustrated when they're not under, when she's not understanding it or not getting it or writing something the wrong way when that's really stemming from something much bigger. Um, so that's probably my biggest fail that'll, con- that'll continuously probably always be my biggest fail that I constantly keep on working on every single day. Um, and then biggest win would probably be, I would say like maintaining a schedule because I think that's really Mm -hmm. important. Like by 10 AM, I have like three to four things that need to be done. Otherwise I'm a complete disaster. Beds need to be made. I need to be changed. If I'm not changed by 10 o'clock, like the day is going to be a crapshoot. Like bed needs to be made. Um, dishes need to be put away and cleaned and I need to be changed and like ready for the day as if like I was going to leave the house that day. Um, totally. Like that's a win for me. It's not like really mom related, I guess, but like, I feel like I'm a lot better. I'm, I'm much more, I'm a much more focused person and yeah. better person as best as I can be <laughs> um, given everything. Um, if those things are done by the morning, like everything just needs to be tidy in its place and ready to go. Like I, there's no having like breakfast at 11. Like I'll go crazy. Like everything, <laughs> the day just gets completely forked. Totally. I don't know if you recognize that. Um, do you watch um, The Good Place? No. Oh, okay. So like sometimes I don't like swearing and sometimes I do, but when I want to swear, but I don't feel like it's like something I need to do, I use the word forked. Ah, so it's great. from that show. I kind of figured that's what that yeah. was kind of meaning. Okay, good. You're like, what is this girl saying? <laughs> no, don't worry. I got you. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, I love your win there. We're ending on a high note. Yes. Schedule going. And thanks again so much, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yeah, so fun. Thanks. Thanks.
you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.